This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Ladies and gentlemen. I need like five seconds of quiet. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god. What the hell are you doing now? He needs five seconds. I need five seconds. It's midnight. He needs five It's not midnight. It's 1130. You freaking old people. You know what? I drive. I hang out in the city until all hours all the time. I'm a party animal. Let's get the No sympathy for any of you. He's ruining my casa at the moment. I'm just like. That was a little funny. That was Sorry. Okay, ready? Ready? Yeah, on the count of three, just shut up for five seconds. One, I came in two. Pasada. No, really. That's your pia Shut up. Ladies and gentlemen, the broadcast you're about to hear is as dysfunctional as an Italian American family holiday. Welcome to part one of the Italian American Power Hours Christmas Eve special. Good luck. <laughs> Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la 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 Welcome to the Italian American Power Hour Christmas Eve Spectacular. I'm really happy to welcome everybody out there in Italian America back to our show. And wow, what a table we have in front of you tonight. Not only are all five of our permanent co-hosts here together, but uh, with the exception of my darling wife, who opted not to inject herself into this insanity, <laughs> the rest of our uh, married or betrothed co-hosts have brought their spouses with them. So I want to welcome Jill and Drew and Nikki to their uh, Power Hour premiere, and uh, we got a great show for you guys tonight. We are here together <laughs> in uh, the brand new kitchen, brand new uh, apartment. Of Dolores and Drew, and as we usually are, we are together having fun as a family because that's what this is all born out of. And uh, we came together not only to talk about Christmas Eve and the traditions that make us who we are, but to actually sort of celebrate it together. So we're here having a little pre-Christmas Eve get-together. Thank mm-hmm. you, Dolores and Drew, for having us. Yeah. And uh, thank you for coming. Yeah, we're we're really we're really all very very excited. We we did. Full transparency. Spend the last hour talking about death and mortality. So we're really in the and mood ghosts. for Christmas wow. and ghosts and spirits. Okay. And uh, the Neapolitan right. morning. So uh, Rosella and Nikki uh, just arrived, and uh, we're going to start talking about Christmas now. Uh, we're drinking homemade wine. Nice. This wine is so mm-hmm. good. Is it? Yeah, I, I haven't had it yet. I some of my homemade wine. Let's see. Me, it's not a party until the homemade wine no. comes out. It's and in, no, the best part, it's in the San Pellegrino bottles. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Cycle, yeah. An, old, an old vodka bottle. An old, an old Tito's An, an old handle of Tito's. Drew and I put uh, Tito's bottles in the recycling. She, my mother takes them out to use for the it makes sense. Yeah. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing. We don't really want her to know how many of those we 
We Italian Americans invented recycling. I'm convinced of it. You know, Christmas is the perfect time to open up the wine. Yeah. You know, you're Italian when, like, your mother or your grandmother goes through your recycling. Like, if you're responsibly recycling anything, because it's like, what are you, what is she talking about? You can reuse anything. Yeah. Yeah. One day I'm waiting for, like, a Clorox bottle filled with homemade red wine. (laughs) Yeah. Put it on the table. Don't, don't worry. It's clean. So before we start, I want to say one thing that Uh-oh. we <laughs> that's Anthony. <laughs> um, that we I, I'm really excited that we're doing this not only because we're recording the show but we're eating. Uh, we ate before and we'll eat after because <laughs> we always eating when we, we eat. are. Yeah, now we are. Yeah, basically, because, always eat because really like Christmas Eve. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but for me. There's so many Metagons married into our family that it's, like, diluted and diluted. So by the time Christmas Eve comes, for me at least, it's not the way it used to be in terms of, like, all the fish and all the traditional dishes. I mean, they're there, but not many people like, like, you know, in my family, we'll eat, like, eel or even baklava. Oh, see, I'm like, I'm like a Christmas Eve. Whoa, 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 I am, I am the counter-reformation no. of Christmas Eve. No, let, I, I want Hold on, I want to say this. All right. Take the same gabi dome, take the same meal, stick it in sushi, they'll eat it. That's, That's true. They'll right. eat it in sushi because point. it's socially acceptable. That's a good point. Fry it, put it on right. the table. All right. totally so here's this is like the people that don't eat the calamari legs. Yeah, that's true. There are the people Same. that only eat, eat calamari. There are people, people that don't eat Same. that only eat the calamari rings. So we're not eating the most out there food that most of my uh, Americanized relatives would eat tonight. But we are kind of going there. There's going to be bacala. We're having spaghetti. We're having bacala tonight. Yeah, nuts you and anchovies. Kind of, hold on, hold on. Yeah. How yeah. yeah. so. All right, here's what we're gonna. Here's what we're gonna ask. I had intention. To start soaking a bacala three days ago, yeah, and I wanted just, to do the it season too. has gotten away from me. Well, here, here's what I want to talk about. I want to, talk about. I want to ask everybody. I got bacala on the Give me now. each of us that are the now. Obviously, we have our significant others here, so we share holiday traditions. So for the for the five of us that are the co-hosts of this show, I want you to very in thirty seconds just tell us what fish you guys eat in your house on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Pat, you start. All the time. Like what's your I, regular I would fish? Say gabi dome, which is the eel, which was my grandmother's. Nice. How do you make it? Oh. Fried. Okay. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. Did you ask what the favorite was? No. What What do you eat? What's the menu in your oh. house? How many fish and what so, are they? No, no, I'm very anti the number. I have a whole thing on oh. that. Okay, we're gonna get to the number. It's There's a topic a on the show. Yeah, we're gonna get to it. But tell us what you eat. I think a scungeo and a salad. Mm-hmm. A scungeo and a salad. Um, bacala and a salad. Hmm. Um, feet. You like the frite? I don't know. I, I grew up. I mean, I like the frite too, but the ba- I'm a bacala salad. We're gonna get into the specifics of it, yeah. but give us a list. Um, spaghetti and shrimp. That was always my friend always made that. And the uh, ensalada in forza, which is a very Neapolitan salad, would be the alich. And then everything yeah, else comes good. and goes. And, and galamad tomato sauce. But everything else, like some years I'll do stuff galamad, some years I won't, depending on who's around. Like things enter and exit, but that's okay. like that has to. So be. the menu's flexible with the few exceptions. Yeah, but that that was this, if you ask me what my grandmother's basis was, that was it. Dolores, what do you got? Now or then? Now. Mo, tanem, I pick it up. Either or. Um, but now we don't. It's different now because, like. I have a lot of, like, cousins and siblings that don't want to eat So fish. what was it then? What's what's the all-star menu? So now menu? it's almost just, like, a non-meat menu. So, like, mother makes, like, 
pastas and what was it? Okay, uh, so shkrol like stuvad, which is you know with the olives and the anchovies, and then zuppa uh, di besh, and then calamari, of course, and then uh, we would have stuffed clams. We would have, uh, oh my god, the eel. Uh, cabidon. Cabidon. My father used to get the live one yeah, and put it in the sink. <laughs> Nikki doesn't like it. <laughs> put, and I don't like that either. I can't eat it. But I remember every year, it, I would come home or I would come downstairs and it would be in our kitchen sink swimming. Oh, Mommy said like, she's yeah. getting it for me this year. She told me. Good she said, you, Drew Jay. wants it. When I was writing on the holidays this this past year, so about uh, last February, I did all the recipe testing, and it came to I had to do something eel. Sure. Much to my publisher's dismay, I mean, to be fair, there were there was more than one eel recipe, and they edited me down to you get one eel. <laughs> It's a different audience. So, so like, you know, in 2018, where does one get an eel out of season? Because that's a good point. Right in December, it's pretty easy to find it. You know, you can go to the Bronx. Uh, You can go to Queen. You can go somewhere. You can get a baby. You can get a baby lamb, goat, pig, and you can get eels. But I had to go to, I went to um, Bay Parkway in Brooklyn to an Asian supermarket. Yeah. They were alive. And the guy, like, fished it out. I wanted, I tried to get the, the nice Asian man to take a picture with it, and he just, like, <laughs> he swatted me away. And he sold us the, the two eels. Um, we got them home. And my dad, Vito, and I, we, we, uh, we, uh, we killed an eel oh, on yeah. our deck. Yeah, we did it. On our deck? Yeah, and, um, you know, because if you ever try to kill the eel, like, you know, your knife does not easily cut through the eel. So the way my great-grandmother, Regina, used to do it was that she used to nail the head of the eel. Oh, 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 man. That's just how you do it. So it wouldn't move. You have to steady it Mm -hmm. somehow. I don't know how my dad used to kill it. I used to walk away. Too much work. you got to fasten it somehow to something. you got to... So I think there's a market for an eel fastening contraption that we might... Yeah, yeah, maybe just freeze it to death. The eel trap. No, you can electrocute them. Yeah, that's how I get it. My brother's... I get electrocuted. Okay, but then... They throw them in a metal thing that they flip a switch and electric your seal to death. You could beat them. Okay, but you could die doing that, too. Like, oh, the guy at Cosenza's never died. I mean, he doesn't. Right, I don't do it myself. Oh, yes. No, I, yes. buy, I buy it electrocuted. No, we're going to kill the eel. By the end of the... eel home for Christmas Eve? Yeah. Listen, by the end of the process, it he looked like an episode yeah. of Law and Order. Oh, <laughs> it was horrendous. Horrible. That's horrible. It was just... Well, let me ask you, what were, if you may inform us, what were the three proposed eel recipes and what was the real eel recipe that actually... Made it, made it that made it. The oh, there was um, there was a fried eel. Um, there was like an eel salad. Wow, some kind nice. of eel salad, oh. and then the one that won was the the pasta with eel, the linguine with eel. Mm-hmm. That you know, my my great grandmother did used to make. Which is how was it made? With a sauce, with a tomato sauce, yeah. Well, see page so, one twenty five in Roselle's new cookbook. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, don't I just that made that. Made that made like eel is good. It's just it's a little bit oily. It's a little fatty. But you I know, love, I love yes. It. But the thing don't about those who love oily fish, if you're out there, for those <laughs> who want to join the oily movement. fish lovers, patch number is five 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 eight seven seven. Wait, before yeah. we get into the hyper specifics of each fish, what are the fish on your table at Christmas Eve? What's oh, your okay, family so lineup. Today we make like a seafood cavatelli. 
So we do like the the mussels, clams, shrimp, you know, whatever, lobster or whatever, or yeah, shellfish or pasta with lobster. Or, you know, like a baked lobster or something. The baked clams got to be there. The fried calamari, we got to have the baked, yeah. the fried bacala, but the Pugliese style fried bacala is uh, is done in a batter, in a pastella. Mm. So, like, uh, Nikki's mother wakes up at 4.30 in the morning <laughs> on Christmas Eve and is frying bacala all day. I love that. What do you mean a pastella? What does that mean? A pastella is a batter. Like a batter. You're like... Like flour and eggs. Yeah, so flour, yeah. eggs, cheese, a little bit of cheese, water, oh. mint. We do a oh, lot of mm. mint in the pastella. Mm. It's very tasty. Oh, that sounds delicious. Very, That's very more good. more than what we do. Anthony, what do you have? So, you know, we have a lot of the same things that people have said, the lobster and my dad would make like us, we do clams. But what I always loved the most was... The, the appetizers, the cold seafood salad, which I would, like, wait for every year. Yeah. I would just consume that. And then <laughs> a big bowl of fried shrimp, mm-hmm. which was, like, just, cr- just crush those things. I love fried shrimp. That's, like, a normal thing for my family throughout the year. But on Christmas Eve, I took over cooking when I was 17 or 16 when my grandfather died. So I make, like, a rigorous menu. It never changes. And every year when we bring new people in the family... We add recipes. So now we're up to 13 fish. We make bacala salad. We make baked deal, smelts, scungi and sauce, fried galamad, octopus and sepia on the grill. We make mussels, baked clams, uh, shrimp oregranata my grandmother makes. We make... Uh, we we what is that? Chichenilla? What do you call the little fish? The little uh, bait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The little ones. Uh, we make anchovies and we make bronzino. So we have. I did it in my apartment in Brooklyn one time. Yeah. You have enough food and buy yourself. Yeah, we got like sixty people. It's it, it's oh, Christmas wow, Eve is, is the is the Super Bowl for my family, but that's our menu. And you and your nona do the the. The cartoons together. Oh, it's the hardest job in the world. Yeah, that's like our non... It's the only, like, side we make. My my, my grandmother, who, uh, thanks to Rosella, is now a superstar in the culinary world and has been in both cookbooks, (laughs) and we're all proud of her. In the new book is Heresi Fred Garduna, which is a... how would you describe it? It's a so it's like a it's, claw. <laughs> it's a prehistoric vegetable. Yeah, really. yeah. It's, <laughs> all these Sicilians with thistles. It's, it's basically yeah. it's basically like part of the celery family. Yeah, because it's got the celery strings. artichoke. It, it's just annoying because you got to peel all the strings mm-hmm. off like celery. But other your hands than turn that, black when you peel it. Yeah. your hands get all dyed, but it's delicious. Yeah, and it, and we, we, we go through this much work for food. Yeah. Oh, it's a two day process. You know? It's unbelievable. But we we fry pounds of it. Is but it's very good. It comes from the Sicilian so side. So I remember the day that I te- like the day before I tested that recipe. It was like the day before Dolores's wedding. Oh yeah. Oh really? Yeah, it was the day before <laughs> Dolores's wedding. I ate an entire plate of fried cardoons. It's delicious, right? Like it was Christmas Eve, and I go to John at the cocktail. I was like, I made your grand your nonna's cardoons last night. Like, it is really? delicious. I love those. They're, they're my one of my and favorites. And she says they were a lot of work, but I do it for John. Ah, uh, thank you, nonna. Oh she gosh, listens that's too. So sweet. I know she's listening. My grandma is the best in the world. Aww. You're her favorite. I, well, I do we cook have, all the food. So we have I. Have grandma on the power hour. Oh, she's such a doll. She's a doll. She, would she love sounds it. just like Martin Scorsese's mother. Yes, she does. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> like her. We need to get your nonna, Anthony's nonna, and my mother and his mother on the show. Yes, we should do that. We should do and the nonna power We should do a nonna power hour. That'd be yeah. amazing. I don't know what we talk about. Maybe wow. how. They'll, they'll talk. They will talk. We'll, 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 we'll sit there. We wear with children. 
so, so we've established everybody's menu and lineup, and I think. Wait, uh, what about Drew? What about Jill and Drew? Oh, I, I thought I assumed all no, the spouses oh, okay, were going to be in the in the sorry, lineup. Sorry, sorry. But you guys have different lineups. No, we don't have any. You don't want to hear what Drew's family eats on Christmas Eve. I promise. No, my uh, my dad's family like they stopped doing it after the grandparents were gone. That was it. That's why I started doing it. They ate a roast. That's exactly yeah, why. Literally. Yeah, that's why I started doing it because my first Christmas Eve there was a they ate turkey Gunner. Gunner <laughs> <laughs> sat in the corner. Oh boy! I literally did not know. Like, my uncle had to dig up, <laughs> scrape a bottle of Foley of Soul. I had a bottom of his freezer for her. I didn't know. Like, I'm not that I, I don't want to say I didn't know. Well, but I, First, like, I know that like non-Italians don't eat fish on Christmas Eve. That's not true. Wait, but hold on. Hold on. That's not true. My point is that it's such a part of my world, like everything, like I, that I didn't even think... That I would go there and there Poor would thing be was shell shocked. Well, I mean, that, she, she had no clue that the uh, shrimp cocktail was the only fish that was being served. <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I, hope, I hope you got a double <laughs> serving. I'm like, you guys, it's Christmas Eve. How are you eating? Like, like, you better so let's talk about this. It would be hilarious if the next year, That's the following it. year, Zora just showed up with like a, a cool bag. Yeah. Like a compartmentalized yeah. seven fish. So let's talk about this because for those out there that may not have it anymore, maybe haven't had it for some time in their family, the idea of the Feast of the Seven Fish, and we're going to get to the idea of the numbers, uh, you know, it, it's pretty standard in the Italian-American community, obviously, in Italy. But there's reasoning behind it's why. It's standard. It's like law. Well, the number, but, but the number is not law. The no, no, number is not law. The number is not law. No, no. Yeah. 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 You don't eat meat on Christmas Eve. Okay, Pat. That's law. You are our official Done professor. Done talk now. Tell us. So oh. <laughs> I've been on the phone they, they put these gag orders for the people yeah. out there. They know by now. Save me because I'm in a prison. <laughs> the audience, <laughs> the audience knows we sound. I'm only you. allowed to speak like they have to kill me, and then they shut off, and you don't get to when they abuse me and say you can't say this and you can't say that. Okay, so if you so don't want to do a podcast in East Germany, here's your I know cue. exactly what's going to happen. Here's your cue. Let me, uh, let me cue this up. All East German listeners are <laughs> now. You can't say that. That was a long time ago. <laughs> okay, Pat, I'm going to cue you. Professore, tell us why we eat fish on Christmas Eve. Mm. Well, the that's... vigil of major feasts from the beginnings of Christianity were days of fast and absence. Now, we have to break fast and absences into two categories. There's the Eastern practice of fast and abstinence, and there's the Western practice of fast and abstinence. In the East, which would have been traditional um, Orthodox countries, or Orthodox countries now, or Eastern Catholic countries, um, fast and abstinence, meaning no meat and fasting, which means only one meal on a 24-hour period, with, with the possibility of a collation, which is a snack in Latin, is... Um, Always married. So in the West, so in the East, on Wednesdays and Fridays, there were fast and absence because you don't fast without abstaining. The West had a different tradition. The Western tradition has a category of fast and a category of abstinence. That's why Fridays in the old days were days of abstinence, which meant you could eat as much as you want. You just could you just couldn't eat meat. Fast means um, you would have a one meal which would be your major meal. And then you would have what was called, like I said, the collation, which is the Italian word collazione comes from. It means snack. In antiquity, uh, the one meal was allowed 
after the canonical hour of known. Now, what is the canonical hour of known? Tell us. Monks in monasteries. Well, no, because that's why we eat it at night and not during the day. Right. Because it goes back to canonical But how do you learn this stuff? This you is what I do for fun. Read about it. This is what he does. Were you born? I feel like he was born with this knowledge. Nah, no, this is what he does. And this is what I do for fun. Passion. You roll a skate, I read. <laughs> <laughs> yes! You yes. waste yes. your life, I read. <laughs> <laughs> People have different hobbies. No, I it's read. just incredible. I, like like, books oh, I, I talk to you a lot. I spend a lot of time with you, and you still... I can still sit with you at times like this. You come out with stuff that's like... This is why I begged them to be on the show. I don't understand Single ladies, if you're out there and you're listening and you enjoy reading and oily fish, Pat's <laughs> 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 number is 555-0427. That's why we call him the professor. That's right. Now, let's get back to the canonic hour of knowing. I know. In the ancient liturgical calendar, on holidays... You would have high mass at 9 in the morning. Why was that? Because you could eat afterwards. So because it's a celebratory day, you're having a very early mass because you can eat early. But on penitential days, you got to suffer. <laughs> That's so, uh, yes. So the sounds in, nice. in hmm. pre-medieval Europe, <laughs> the mass on a penitential day was said after 3 o'clock in the afternoon, um, which would be known in Latin, which would be the ninth hour. Prime, the first hour, is 6 a.m., and that's a set of prayers. And um, you, go, you go prime, sext, known. Known was said at 3 p.m. But what was happening was, um, it was so late in the day that monks would push up the celebration of known to 12 noon. Hmm. That's where the word noon comes from. Mm. So they would chant known at 12 o'clock, three hours early, so they would get to eat and not have to wait to 3 p.m. to have their one meal. But this concept of one meal late in the day on a fast day is the real roots of this celebration. But can I just ask a question, please? So we eat fish because of like it's fasting related. Correct. And the but, hour but, is even connected to But fish. you're saying fast of... Um, well, you said there are two kinds. Which was the first one? Well, See, this is why... When I say to you, how do you know this stuff? I'm not like... I read a lot. So I'm not saying, like, how do you know it? You read a book. How do you remember it? I just love Because I read so much crap that just falls right out of my head. So like, you just told me two types of fasting but, that I already forgot. But that one makes is, sense. That makes sense because, you know, so many... Especially in the in the Campania region, like my friends from Monte di Prashida... <laughs> They go to midnight mass. They, they, the idea is that you're supposed to fast. And then you go to midnight mass. And then after midnight mass, they have the pizza di scarola. And they have um, right. still, no fa- still no meat. The whole Catholic world was bound by this fast. The Eastern Catholic world and the Western Catholic world. Now, the thing is, Polish people, you know, they also have a meatless um, Christmas Eve vigil. You said abstinence, and what's the other one? Fast and abstinence. Fast and abstinence means no meat. Right. Fast means one meal with the, co- with the possibility of a collation. So what we do on Christmas Eve is abstinence. And fast. Same. Double duty. Abstinence, no meat, fast. You were, In the old days, up until 1955, you were allowed one meal with a collation. The, the idea of having a main meal that was meatless goes back to the very, very, very primitive roots of Christianity. And it was in the whole Catholic world and the Orthodox world. Now, from listeners that are out there who are from countries um, like from Spain, Portugal, or any countries 
that were at one time uh, belonged to Spain and Portugal, they received a papal dispensation where they could eat meat on Christmas Eve and on other um, major vigils and on Fridays during the year because that was a commemoration of the sacrifices that, that the Holy See recognized that they had performed during Crusades. And the Holy See wanted this to be a, a perpetual commemoration of the sacrifices that have been made on the Iberian Peninsula. Now, those rites extended to all their colonies. So all of South America, all of Brazil, um, the Philippines, they received the same dispensations that Spain and Portugal did. And the reason why the Pope did at the time was he wanted the Spanish and the Portuguese and all their colonies to perpetually remember the participation that those countries had had in the crusade. So they could eat meat on Christmas Eve. Italians just took a fast day and just blew it out of control. That's why we're known for it. So Ireland had the same fast and abstinence rules, and they just didn't eat. <laughs> uh, no, we just uh, made it uh, gigantic. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, Ireland had the same fast and abstinence, but we were like, we could do something with this. Yeah, we, this is, this is <laughs> right. exactly. we can make a thing of this. And, and in the <laughs> in, in the earliest times, if I understand it right, so the Irish did it more as a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, the Italians got around the rules. <laughs> there you go. Well, we always say Italian power around here. We, we have certain capabilities. We in the old days, fish was a flexible term, too. I mean, they would eat uh, duck and call it fish because it was waterfowl no, well, uh, and frogs. And duck, I believe duck does qualify as meat. Frogs does, do not. Do not. Because frogs are uh, meat canonically, by church law, is determined by either being a hot-blooded or cold-blooded animal. Cold-blooded animals are not meat, right. so they right. can be eaten. So you could have a Christmas Eve feast with all of the frog legs that you want. We couldn't have chicken legs. Okay. So, so canonically, wow. we go to a fish-based Christmas Eve. A non-meat-based. A non-meat-based. The interior of Italy, and part of my, I think, that I hope comes out in this podcast, is that the idea of this huge table laden with food is an Italian-American construct Absolutely. that we were yeah. able to do. Yeah. And we came here, we had a little yeah. abundance. abundance. Mm-hmm. If you go to like the interior, because remember... Why, why is bacala so important? Because if you're in the middle of Basilicata, that's the only that's fish, the only fish you get. Yeah. So what are they eating? They're eating salted uh, anchovies, they're eating alich, they're eating salted cod, bacala, and then maybe you know a vegetable dish or something like that. But the the, um, the, the, the abundance that we have is very much yeah. ours. We were baking. I was baking yesterday with my mother in anticipation of all you guys coming here and also just for Christmas. We made aritzishkarol um, that my... Nona, my Nona Anna, my father's mother, used to make that my father loved. And uh, that's, you make a pie crust with um, escarol, olives, anchovies, nuts, figs, etc., which we'll be eating later. The figs then, fascinated me when you brought that up. The fat. Yeah, you said quite you a lot for it. Yeah. And then uh, we, also, we also made rustici, uh, which is a sweet savory with meat and ricotta inside. And we're making, we're cooking, me and my mom, you know, we made a lot of stuff, so it took us, like, a while, even working two of us, and I said to her, you know, did your mother used to make uh, irus, did she did you used to eat those on Christmas Day, because there's meat in them, and she said, yeah, uh, that's what we ate, like, laughing yeah. at me, because... They didn't have the meat. They didn't have the money. Sure. Like a lot of what we eat, obviously what we eat today, we, we know this is is for, is a very Italian American. It's not Italian, you know. Well, this, is, this, this, all the the, time. this comes well, to the number of fish. My mother could not have eaten the food that we're eating tonight at, in uh, Italy because they didn't have the money. But you know, Gabidon. We just go back to Gabidon. Gabidon was a fish that was eaten 
coastally. If you were in Naples, you ate gabidon because you could... Right, because you could catch right. it. Right, and yes, the other thing about gabidon is you could put it in a barrel and transport it interiorly because if you had a saltwater battle, those, those, those fish never died. The gabidon was forever. But people... <clears> like, <throat> the gabidon was, was expensive. Yeah. Sure, was expensive was. for the Neapolitan people. For The, the people that, that really ate it were the people in the... In the in the le- in the the less wealthy neighborhoods of Naples, so then the, it was an expensive fish, but it was considered a sign of wealth to eat capitone on Christmas Eve, and it was a, considered an omen of good fortune to eat capitone on Christmas Eve because it was like said that if you had something uh, rich and oily on Christmas Eve, it would bring you good luck for the rest of the year. You know, Roselle made a fantastic point. Also, was that. A lot of people don't realize olive oil was very expensive. Mm. Right. If you didn't have your own farms, that's why people cooked with einzonia, which is lard. Italian Americans now think that their ancestors were like taking baths in olive oil. Right. Mm-hmm. And everything everything was was exp- I mean, I don't know if expensive is right. Those things like oil, ancho, everything had a limit. Scarce. Had a limit. Everything. Yes. There was a, there was a continuous scarcity of a lot of things. Which limited probably what your ancestors ate. So you bring up a point about scarcity, right? And you talk about being in the interior, maybe maybe having salted alija, maybe having salted bacala. And nowadays, particularly in the Italian American community, we keep coming back to this idea of seven fish. So the feast of the seven fishes. Uh, it, it's it, nonsense. You know, well, it's not nonsense for everybody because no, many people have number, been doing it here for a long no, time. No, no, I think that yes. I can tell you, the you think it's arbitrary. There is no direct evidence that supports no. the number no, seven. Okay, let me let me give. And let me I give, never grew up with any number. No, okay. I never had a number. This was a contrivance of the eighties. Hold on, I'm, right, hold on. I'm, I, I'm sitting in front Same of a firing squad here, but I gotta. I, I gotta be. I gotta be the moderator. Like, as I got older, okay. there, but I never. Uh, hold no, on. I, I, I researched this really hard for the book, and there, I could not find any tr- any hard like evidence that was backed up or backed up by anybody that that could tell me that the number is seven. Seven is the right number. Um, you know, there are theories, there are people who will be on the spot and say, well, the, God created the earth in seven days, and there are seven days and seven nights, and seven whatever, and seven well, this, and seven I that. Mean, and it's great, and it's whatever, but I think in Italy, they don't care. It's just well, lots of fish. I, I yeah, think, but right. I, let, me, let, me give you, let me give you, wait, wait, let me moderate. Let me give you what I've got. Here we go. Here comes these Germans. Let me go. <laughs> for, for all of our listeners out there, it's a thankless job to be the moderator <laughs> of a group of Italian American friends <laughs> trying to put something together. Okay, I'm drinking homemade yes, wine. Homemade wine. So this show's going to degrade quickly. Oh yeah, uh, bottles already. Part two is going to be a complete disaster. Where's the gallon? Uh, but here, here, I, I, this is what I've had in my, and I'm not saying why. I can't trace the why or what the official number is. But people have. Uh, Theories like seven sacraments, seven hills of Rome, seven days to create the earth. Some people make 11. They say it's the 12 apostles minus Judas. Some people make 13. It's the 12 apostles plus Jesus. Now, we know that there are, you know, 13 is a lucky number in Italian. Uh, Maybe it's arbitrary. But I think it's safe to say for certain people, and particularly in this country, as we've evolved as a community, the number means something right. at this point, right? The cultures evolve. Yeah. Okay. I'm, let me give you my own personal story. Let me do a. Uh, let me do an altar call on this one. Okay. <laughs> I remember in the 1980s, the Jersey Journal, which is the New York Times of Jersey City, 
did some sort of article on the Feast of the Seven Fishes. I remember my mother, me, and my grandma saying, well, nobody ever told us it was a fish. Exactly, and then my grandmother, and about being an even number, and then my grandmother, we were saying, like, maybe we should have a seven, because then we might have bad luck. Like, right. And we've been doing it wrong. Right. We're doing, so you get uh-huh. Neapolitans, something that may cause good luck or bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> right? which, is, which, according to my husband, should explain me to you. Right. So, <laughs> and we're like, well, they're saying, like, it's unlucky to have an even number, and then don't tell a Neapolitan something's unlucky. Maybe that's why my life's been <laughs> I never made the right amount of fish. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like as a just like keep your fingers crossed in the whole situation. I my theory on it is I think in the 1980s when it kind of became a little bit cool to be Italian when right. we went from being Zicavaricis for those Zika. people who have listened to our history series that's what we call the Italian decade yep. Italian decade okay um, I think that my Italian American brothers were very in and popular sure it became like it became the, uh, cool. and I, I think that the outside oh, yeah. communities non Italian American communities had to begin to give names that they were familiar with to, to they had to um, Name our nouns, right? So they come up with this word Sunday sauce. You never went home and said, right. Grandma, where's the Sunday? Now all of a sudden you go to the cookbook, Italian American Sunday sauce. They've invented another term. That removes the whole sauce argument out of it. But Sunday gravy, same thing. We never used a a, a You know what, Kuba, me Agitivo. We, we like we talk about Sunday dinner on the show all the time, but do you know that this is like a dirty little secret I think I've been harboring, I'm about to confess. Uh-oh. I didn't grow up with Sunday dinner. I didn't. I didn't. I no. We had. Who it. are you? <laughs> no, we had it, right? But I didn't have it as a concept of Correct. Sunday. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. It wasn't Sunday dinner. Through the Jews, it wasn't the defined that, that way. Tradition. It was just like it's. We eat. Yes. We go to. We eat. It's Sunday. We eat. Like we, we didn't get have together. dinner every Sunday. We had dinner every night. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, but you know what? I didn't, I didn't come up with a sense that, of that term. Sunday dinner came from. Well, I'm saying. I'm saying is that we don't know anymore. I've heard like with, where in, in Jewish history that in the Bible, why God gives Adam the capacity to name the animals is that in Judaism and Judi- Judi- Judaistic thought. That naming gives you power, right? Right. So, our our nouns, our things like that, the the tomato, tomato condiment that we put on macaroni on a Sunday, which they, called, <laughs> which, they which they converted That's into pasta, which they took from macaroni became pasta. Yep. Um, if you if you they they had to find a noun for it, and I think that somebody doing an article for some newspaper one day, Rosella will find it. Said okay, well, okay, you eat fish and fish and and you know there's a possibility they, they had to dub it something. Sure, and there might be some town somewhere in Italy because Italy is such a, every town has its own thing. There might be somewhere in Italy where they only eat seven. I mean, there's but, towns in Molise that have thirteen dishes for uh, for Saint Joseph's Day. But this is this is anthropologically the institutionalization of charisma. You take something that's charismatic and and natural and organic, and it becomes institutionalized over time, and it becomes even more institutionalized in a world that has mass media. So these things become concepts that are available to a, a, a national audience beyond a, a geographically spread out uh, Italian-American community from diverse backgrounds. Now you have non-Italian-Americans who are aware of this concept, right? This Feast of the Seven Fishes is known to everybody in our country. I don't think there's... You think so? I, mean, I, 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 I wonder. I think that would be a good question. Do people in Arkansas and Nebraska with as low Italian-American populations? 
Kansas, Alaska. I mean, New York, New York absolutely. New yeah, York, I, I wonder. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think That's it's... a good question. You, we have to have, like, somehow in this power hour... We need to pull Italian-Americans from different locations. Yes. It would be an interesting we, conversation. We, I mean, I, I know we, we, we intend to sort of be in some of these places when we can, but, I mean, I would love the opportunity for the listeners out there who are not from New York. And we get a lot of letters from people that are not from this area who say, don't forget about us and our traditions. Yeah. And, you know, we're not forgetting about you. We think about you and we talk about you, you constantly. You're just not at the, the table. Experience. If you're close to suffering, please feel free to stop by. <laughs> And, uh, and opine on what seven fish you eat or however many you have. But uh, my point is I, I think beyond our community, maybe not across the country, uh, maybe not everywhere, but I, I, I think this concept of a seven fish dinner is a, a, at least generally known outside of the Italian-American community. I, I think it's a, it's a concept that goes beyond mm. our self-identification at this point. Are you saying that non-Italian-Americans get the fish thing? Yeah, I yes. think in the, I think non-Italian Americans yes. know about it. I well, don't, Nikki, I don't think Nikki. Nikki's got the stores. You Absolutely. tell us. You get non-Italian Americans who get it. Oh, for sure. Um, people outside of the Italian culture will come to me and and they will say, "Hey, it's that time of the year for the seven fishes." And I've noticed that some people, even outside the culture, will even just do it just to the heck of it. Oh, them. really? Oh, I had no idea because they that. want a Christmas Eve tradition. So, listeners, that's Nick Pesci. That's Rosella's fiance. Just to put the voice with the name. <laughs> Nikki, Welcome, Nick. Tell, tell us why you're an expert We're in so this question. We're so happy you're here, Nikki. Why am I an expert? Um, I'm part of a family business that's owned supermarkets throughout New York for the last 40 years, especially focusing on the Italian neighborhoods. Um, so, yeah, about every year, about this time, seafood and the Christmas dinner is a pretty big deal. deal. Yeah. What's the name, uh, if you want to share? I mean... So for those of you who are Beautiful in the area and you want somebody who not only knows what he's talking about, but is about to marry yep. the expert who That's knows what right. she's talking about, this is the place Here's to go. Here's what you do, listeners. Best. You get Rosella's cookbook and then you go to La Bella Marketplace and get exactly, you get all the ingredients and you're doing a complete <laughs> Italian Christmas Eve dinner. Yeah. Head you had a power couple. Stamp, so, stamp so, your experience. So fun fact. La Bella Marketplace sells about a thousand pounds of their iconic seafood salad. Which you brought some tonight. Which right? I brought tonight. Oh, in the three days leading you love up that. You're gonna love in, that. to Christmas. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Store. That's that's location. The 13th Avenue location moves a thousand pounds of seafood salad in the three days leading that's up to insane. Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, that, that is a substantial <laughs> yeah, amount of seafood huge. salad yeah. in three days in one store. I yep. think that that's interesting getting back to the point about the uh, outside of Italian Americans knowing about the thing, that that's interesting with the store. You have a lot of it, like that's kind of like a lot of information you get because people come up, come in, and they, you know, you, I, you even, I mean, I don't want to go off topic, but it goes even beyond. <laughs> have you seafood. picked up on what you're saying? <laughs> that made me it's, laugh. This <laughs> show could be the off topic power. It's how many cakes, the panettone. I really? mean, yeah. everybody buys it. Okay, let's talk about panettone. Okay, <laughs> this, this, I got a let, let's go. Let's go on a diatribe here. No, no. But I want to talk about the different fish in specifics. But I want to talk about panettone because panettone is a Milanese Christmas tradition that has made its way throughout all of Italy. But it's a very late arrival. At least in my family, panettone was a late arrival to the table. We we did not have it when my grandparents were alive. Shop right it was, in the eighties. Yeah, it's Shop right in the 80s everything happened so in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shop right in the eighties had it. I think it was Madonna. Yeah, I think that. I think that. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember, and I think that 
I remember about the time my brother was born, my mother and my grandma would come home from shop right with exciting things. Yeah. Like La Molizana, the macaroni from Italy was there. So like Ranzoni now had to run for its money. Mm-hmm. So I think that that became, but I think that Panettone is not, a, is clearly not traditional Southern um, Christmas dessert or whatever you want to call it, but it's part of the Nutellization of Italy. You explain what it is for people that don't know. Panettone? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a leavened, very... Quasi sweetened bread filled yes. with candy, candy stuff. Candy fruits. The one that I get, I get the one in a box, right? In a box. I get one from uh, my mother can eat a whole William Sonoma with iced. What do you call it? glazed uh, castagna? In Is it, it. Tremaria? Oh, wow. No, it's not. No, Tremaria. For those who don't know, that's like the gold standard of Pantone. So this wait, point. wait, wait, Nicholas, will you please you take s- us through? Selling out with this. Take us I'm through. Just saying, no, I need William to William Sonoma. No, no, that like, very Italian know, American it's, market. It's, no, it's true. <laughs> It's shocking. It's the only place I know where to get it. Well, I mean, Dolce Gabbana it is the has most delicious thing in the world. In oh, yeah. yeah. But Nick, will you please take us through the 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 hierarchy of yeah, panettone? We need to know this. this is important. Yeah. From the gold, from the gold I would like standard. Honestly, they go. Let's just count all the sponsors right there. <laughs> <laughs> that we're giving free ads to. Yeah, go go to town. You gotta, you gotta you do it. Go by dollar. The most expensive panettone I've sold was a sixty-dollar cake. Madonna me, is it worth it? Tell me what is what is a sixty-dollar panettone look like? <sighs> it's a two-kilo cake, and it was the brand, Felipe wow. brand. Felipe brand, sixty dollars wow. for panettone. Okay. What could possibly What's, like what, what comes what's next? The next? Well, year? wait, wait, wait. But above that, what about the Fiasconaro that has the, the white chocolate shot. nativity scene? Wow. Wow. In the pan. Oh, in the pan. Inside? Yeah, like it's, you cut into it's it. It's kind no, of it's insane. Cut. So the box is. <laughs> it's a two kilo panettone, and you open it, and the top is pre cut. <laughs> With the Stop. chocolate Stop. Um, nativity scene. I have a Our picture of it. it. Wow. We're going to have to put the picture on the website. I saw it at the fancy food shop. Okay, okay, okay. And what's the next under these? These. Then I would go into the Tremaria brand. Those are about 30. What's on your table? My table? Yeah. Oh, that's I'm good. a traditional, honestly, I'm a traditional I hope the one I don't have is cheap. Which one do you have? Yeah. Which <laughs> one? So, balaco or, you know, Nikki and I have a tradition, a Christmas morning tradition where we eat the uh, the Bali minis. Yeah, Bali minis are great. Because they have the minis, so, yeah. you know, it's like a little Prosecco. It's a mini panettone. Madi. She's like, oh, it's so, my, for, my mom's like a panettone junkie. Uh, I, I would challenge she everybody. cannot open a panettone without eating one. If your mom likes that, go on, I'm not kidding it. you, go on Williams-Sonoma, <laughs> buy the one with the glazed chestnuts. I swear, All right, I'm gonna try the it. greatest... When we lived in D.C., we had, like, 45 Patagonians. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. We were no, getting you know them out. Because I was looking at NIAF. Oh, yeah, NIAF. The National yeah. Italian American Foundation, not, not the show, one, is sponsored by Bowley. Oh yeah, like, I remember that. I'm Catholic. I can't spread a baby Jesus firecracker. <laughs> Is it really? Speaking of Southern Panettone, right? So, so Panettone. So it's happening right now. So, so, is Roselle is passing around a picture of the Panettone Nikki was talking about with the white chocolate nativity scene baked into it. And none of us could eat the baby Jesus. <laughs> Can I, see it? I don't see it. Can I can't eat the baby Jesus. But wait, you talk about a Sicilian brand what? of Panettone. This is insane. 
mean? Which, so Panettone's a Milanese oh northern tradition. And Pandoro. And Pandoro. So the difference between Panettone and Pandoro, Panettone is a leavened fruitcake, a yeast leavened fruitcake with uh, candita, which is Ooh, the candied so fruits, okay. and sometimes nuts. Um, it's kind of a, an orangey flavored cake. Mm-hmm. And a Pandoro is a more plain flavored uh, yeast leavened cake. You dust powdered sugar on top of it and you enjoy it with champagne or Prosecco on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. So, it yeah, yes. it's, it's all, they're, they're all boxed. Yeah. Bali is probably the most famous uh, maker of all of these things. And they're from Veneto, Milano, like from, from northern Italy. But the tradition of having panettone is, uh, is very popular throughout Italy and super popular in Italian America. Yeah. Now, in Italian American culture, we all know about regifting people. <laughs> so, you took the words like, out of my mouth. Yeah, so you what? better write your name on that panettone. <laughs> <laughs> and see if it makes its way back to you. Well, I mean, many gonzo we see, they get the fruitcake returned to them. We have the same thing. Yeah. Oh, well, People are passing panettone around yeah. like it's going to stop. It's a fruitcake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it all gets returned for cash. <laughs> That's the dirty oh, secret. That sucks. <laughs> so without a receipt, you can so, get cash at La Bella Marketplace for John, your panettone. Yeah, you like but Nikki's on to you guys. <laughs> That's right. So don't yeah, try. We're going to start putting like FBI panettone. trackers like yeah, on, yeah. when they bark. Mark the bills. The date to return is December 26th. After that, he won't take anything back. (laughs) All I'm going to say is God bless Nikki and his family for dealing with Italian-Americans shopping oh. for food, oh, panettones, and desserts, etc. I could only imagine the cross. Oh, my gosh. That's oh, like a the, show in itself. Oh, it yeah. is. It's, 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 the week of Christmas. I can Christmas. only imagine what you do with my life will return... <laughs> Vegetables and fruit <laughs> oh, that are not good really? to like fairway markets. Can I get on that deal? Wait, I want in on that deal. Before Christmas, Nick is literally in the in the basement of La Bella Marketplace, shucking oysters, oh shucking God. clams. Just it's a good time. It's madness. The it's, work that goes into this 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 one day. I mean, I'm actually shocked Nikki's here because he's yeah, very, God bless you very being, sweet really. to be here because I know how busy you are it, this time of year. This is the time of year. I mean, it's a look, good hobby. About, it is a good yeah. hobby. You're, yeah, I'm a food blogger and it's my crazy busy season. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, produce a new cookie recipe every 24 hours, like people. <laughs> yeah, yesterday's new. So we're talking about, okay, we're talking about the insanity that goes on before. So for me and my family, when I was. Uh, when I first started doing the cooking, we were still shopping in our neighborhood in Brooklyn. Then I went to Fordham University right on Arthur Avenue, which, for those of you who don't know, is a is a pretty lively little here in, in the Bronx in New York. And uh, my brothers and I and my cousins, who do all the cooking, we started shopping on Arthur Avenue. My mom's going on Tuesday to get fish. And that's like Arthur box. Avenue is a big exercise for us. Mm-hmm. We, we go up there at every store, the street. But it's an experience. It's an experience. Yeah. It's definitely an experience. And, Some and would you, say that that's the... The real Little Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people would argue it's point. what's left. Well, it is point, the yeah. most authentic Little Italy in New York, and I, I can't disagree. 
But for me, part of the holiday, the holiday starts when you start shopping. And, and the shopping experience is a hectic one. And the amount of people that come out and come back to their neighborhoods or come to certain places, I, I think it's proof of how many of us are still holding these traditions because it is always packed. There's lines to get into the stores. You're, you're waiting to get your number called just to be able to be in there. And, of course, the, the busiest places are the fish markets. And... Uh, a lot of people are pre-ordering. They know that's what they want. That's not true. I just fought two ladies for two bathrobes at Century 21. <laughs> that's, that's all that's different. That's not true. That's a pan-American but conversation. <laughs> but we, we talked a lot about the fish is the star of the show. That's agreeable. We can't agree on a number, but we know that the fish is the star of the show. So are you raising your hand to me? <laughs> the Yule log went out. Pause for a second. Can we like? We do need something? to eat. We need to start cooking. I need to serve. We need to go down and start cooking. You guys can keep talking while I go cook. That's fine. Can we eat the seafood salad? Can we what? <laughs> 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 yeah, you want the salad? No, we need to eat because it's almost nine. Right. Like we have to eat. All right, that's a great point. We are. Uh, we're all working hard here, and I think everybody's ready for a beautiful family-style Christmas Eve dinner. Uh, so we're going to go, and we're going to have dinner here at Dolores and Drew's, and we're going to have a ton of homemade wine, and we're going to laugh like we always do, and everybody's been having fun. I think that comes through. I hope you guys out there are hearing how much fun we're having as a family, and I hope that'll entice you to come back for the second half of our Power Hour Christmas Eve special uh, next week. So thanks for listening, and I uh, hope we didn't give you odds today. Mogaskopani, when you have a Jimena Bassadelle, one is only Gambanelle.